0: Welcome to Cracks in the Foundation with Tolula Rose. It's okay. <laughs> um, what have you been up to, Jamie? Lynn? Let's mm. start with that. It's You've okay. been changing a lot. You've been talking about, well, we were talking about the other day how like you felt like you were shifting and trying to talk through your throat more or like your worth centers, we could start with that.
1: Totally. Well, I definitely have this sense that I'm on kind of like this tipping point, Mm -hmm. you know, and you have that like sensation where you're kind of on an edge of something. And for me, what that's felt like is I have been building and building and building and committing myself to that building for the past eight months now. And it feels like I'm at this point where I'm starting to see momentum and I'm starting to experience like response from the external world and maybe recognition. And that is giving me almost like this new kind of newfound licensing to See my own worth and my own value, which is really amazing. And it also like is starting to feel like this tipping point. Like there's something so much bigger or so much more transformative coming because I've been doing so much kind of internal. I don't want to call it work. Mm-hmm. I want to. I want to find different language for that. I've been bringing my awareness. To my internal state and really consistently focusing on how I can collaborate with what's happening inside of me and how that relates to the outside world. Um, I'm already going down rabbit holes, I feel like. (laughs) I'm on like this tipping point, it feels like. (laughs) I feel like there's a lot happening and I'm changing and I'm transforming. And the thing that I'm actively creating, my coaching program, which started this week, I'm already just feeling so satisfied and fulfilled and being able to deliver that to my clients. It just, it feels like the beginning. And I'm kind of at this point where I feel like something is coming, but I can't like really see it yet. Like it hasn't been presented or offered to me yet. So I'm just kind of holding the space. I'm holding the pose. Did that make sense?
0: Yeah, holding the pose. I fully relate. I think one of the things I love about you specifically is that you have this gift of kind of shifting and experimenting in the public eye. Like that's something that really resonates with people, and I think a lot of people respect that about you. Is that like mm-hmm. you're not afraid to shift in public, <laughs> in a space, um, especially on like social media and creating content and stuff that is such like a simulation kind of game. And you're constantly shifting and kind of pulling people along with you, not dragging, like (laughs) it's very consensual. (laughs)
1: We're going shopping.
0: (laughs) But through that and the shift in everything, I feel like it's a really interesting thing to see because I think a lot of us try to pretend that we're so, finished um and like final and when we create programs such as like what you're creating and coaching and stuff we assume that you have to be this is exactly what it's supposed to be i'm at the top and coming from a space of you showing up and showing people like no this is still progress for me too i think that's where that power lies for you so it's very interesting (laughs) so i fully understand (laughs)
1: Well, I'm an interesting human.
0: You are. (laughs) Uh,
1: Thank you. Thank you. That feels really good. Yeah. I like to say that life is truly practice of refinement over and over again. And there is no finished state, right? So I love your sentiment to experimentation. It's really beautiful to receive that feedback and affirmation because that's something that is becoming and feeling easier for me to be able to show up. In a space like social media on those platforms and to be able to share that shifting and that transformation and just not feeling like I need to stick to these rigid, this rigid framework that I kind of set for myself in the past. And that truly does feel like a being aligned with my design, right? We were kind of talking about human design outside of this conversation and being a three-five is the way i am most impactful and powerful when i go to deliver work or really anything into the world it doesn't have to be work i've been so work focused (laughs) who are you i know what it's like god i'm not even creating time for play that's when something's (laughs) off anyways side but being a three five the way that i deliver myself into the world in an impactful way is to teach. I'm a teacher and I teach through my experiences. So I am really able to impact other people, inspire other people, and to inform other people based off of my own personal experiences. And I think there have been my own kind of obstacles there to move through because there's a part of me that feels like who am I? Right? right. <laughs> what kind of experience do I have little me? <laughs> <laughs> like, what could you possibly learn from me? I'm like, I'm so young. <laughs> but um, but yeah, that's my own kind of needing to integrate areas of my ego and my own like subconscious limiting beliefs. Because when it comes down to it, if I want to be impactful and if I want to feel embodied and if I want to feel authentic and powerful in the world, like that's what I got to do. So that's, I think these past work has been really impactful for me these past eight months because it's felt like this journey of every time I make a move in my business, it's directly correlated to how I'm growing as a person it's very intimate
0: you know so i really enjoy um just how you speak as this kind of ode to evolution and this idea that there is no kind of end goal to evolution and i think framing that instead of achievement has helped me a lot because i like seeing as like instead of looking at oh i have to achieve this thing and then keep going down this linear path i kind of look at like this evolution and i'm constantly shifting and i have no idea where that's going to go i mean i don't i don't think any of us do when we are when we were cavemen i don't think we realized where we would be (laughs) so i think that's the beauty of life and that's kind of that lesson especially um for anyone who's curious about human design like a 3-5 profile. So, a profile is kind of how you embody your purpose and your soul and a three is very much about experimentation and learning through trying a bunch of new things and what Jamie and I hold the same as the five which is very much like taking on personas. So, we are constantly wired to fix things and people kind of put that idea on us that we are capable of fixing anything but the difference with me is instead of experience i mean it's still experience but mine is 5-1 so that one is all about information and i've noticed that more recently that me diving into all these rabbit holes and pulling out as much information as possible to connect the dots is my evolution because yeah for you it's very much like rooted in that play and that life experience and that evolution. Mine is very rooted in I have all these concepts that people think are separate. And my purpose and soul mission feels like I'm here to kind of narrow that bridge and show like, no, actually everything's connected. (laughs) Like, and there is no final destination here. So evolution is more important than achievement, I think.
1: Yeah, I almost get the sense of you being this unifier, you know, Mm -hmm. this person who is here to light the way, to see that you come up with all these, you don't come up with, but you bridge the gap between all these radical ideas. And I mean, you do come up with things too. I didn't mean to um, downplay that
0: at all. Okay. (laughs) Anything really original though? (laughs) Exactly. Breaking that idea too, that. I found it really interesting um not to cut off your thought, but the idea of anything original there's a lot of studies done that people like if you have an idea and you're like I want to invent this like shoe made of glass or what I don't know why <laughs> we'll just say this you glass got shoe. A story over here <laughs> you want you have this idea for a glass shoe and then, Over in Russia, someone at the same exact time has the same exact idea. And there's been situations where people will sue for copyright issues because they are convinced that someone stole their ideas when the two souls have just been given the same download. And so with that concept of like, there's no original idea, like we're all capable of downloading any idea at any moment. So. I don't think it's about being original i think it's just about being the channel that is unique to yourself
1: totally and i love that you said that i actually i don't know if i was listening to a podcast or read it in a book this was a few years ago so i don't know who or what to give the credit for but that was exactly the idea that they were talking about honestly it might have been brene brown um possibly vulnerability and i just remember whoever it was was saying that inspiration is like not ours. And when we are in collaboration with inspiration, that's how new ideas, new creativity, innovation is born into the world. And so she was basically going over this story of how when you have an idea, there is a certain amount of ownership that one must take to be able to actually bring that into the world. And if one doesn't take that opportunity, then someone else is gonna take it because that idea isn't unique to you. Inspiration kind of comes down and we get to choose if we're gonna play with it, collaborate with it or not. And that's fascinating to me because again, like you said, that has to do with us like being open to being that channel. And it also doesn't mean we have to collaborate with every single idea or inspiration that comes down to us. Because if if that doesn't feel like the one for us, like someone else is gonna bring that into the world and that's totally cool. And a lot of times if we don't take a hold of it, and if it is something that's truly meant for us, this is my belief system, it'll come back. There's this tendency that ideas and inspiration that is meant for us will continuously orbit us. So it might take a few learned lessons. It might take some unexpected twists and turns on the route to get there. But if something is meant for us, it will keep coming back and we get to decide when we're ready to take that on. Can I share something else that's coming up for me? Oh, totally. Um, So, you know, I love flow. (laughs) The Hungarian-American psychologist who actually coined the term flow, his name is Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi, and he wrote this book called Living With Flow. And he uses this concept, he illustrates as psychic energy in the book. And the way he describes psychic energy is optimal focus, deep concentration, deep presence, and collaboration. And essentially, when you are tuned into these four components, you have access to what he calls psychic energy. And the one that really stands out to me is this component of collaboration. And what that really is, is when we experience that hit of inspiration, when we download or channel that idea, And we enter a flow state we're in collaboration with it there's something outside of us something bigger than us maybe this something a part of the fabric that unifies all of us that we are working with so when you enter a flow state you know you're in total collaboration with the psychic energy and when you exit it i don't know if you've ever experienced this i'm pretty sure you have you're an artist (laughs) when you exit that state and you look back at the thing you created Let me know if this like resonates with you. Is there a part of you that's like, damn, did I make that? Like, where did that come from? Like, I kinda knew I was gonna make something like crazy cool, but there's this other part of us that's like, that's a little mysterious. I feel like there was something outside of me that helped me to make that happen. And so here's this concept of psychic energy. And when we go into that flow state, we access that. And I love this idea of collaboration.
0: I definitely did. I love what you said, so (laughs) thank you for sharing. (laughs) Um, I've definitely felt that, especially with that um, self-portrait I made recently. Mm -hmm. I had no idea where it was coming from and I, when I was younger and starting art and starting experience creativity and stuff, I would just kind of like try to copy everything I saw because I had this idea that I was like, there's no way I can come up with ideas like (laughs) I can only copy like that's a talent I guess (laughs) but then once I started opening myself up to being like okay well what do I want to feel in these paintings even if there are elements that I am copying and I put copying in quotes because once you same thing with collage and you love collage and so I think this will really resonate with you but I've had some people ask me um, like at what point is it like not a copyright violation (laughs) because some people make collage art and they're like okay but there's some elements that are not mine and my view of that is it's all about the intention behind it so if you have all of these elements that you like like i really love renaissance sculpture and you have that one element as soon as you take it and start creating it in your light and shifting your intention then it has a completely different purpose of that art so when you're making collage and stuff when you're putting all these elements together yeah it's not original like what we've mentioned but it is very much in collaboration so you're creating a new channel for that I it's not the same or different it's like somewhere in between those two things I would say so fully relate but with the self-portrait I did make that I had this feeling of okay I know I want to do this photo that I took of myself and then I remember texting you while I was doing it I was like I don't know where this stupid like door is coming from what the hell why would I do this (laughs) and then I just started painting it and at the end of it I had this like vision of like oh when I meditate I do guided meditation so I always go into like where I feel safest which is this like huge field there's really tall grass every time and I always see this ladder and then so I painted that I was like oh it's a portal <laughs> like that's what the self-portrait is and I didn't realize it until way after the fact that I made it so yes fully relate <laughs> mm. Mm. is that so, your sacral <laughs> making that noise just like
1: just oh my God. good <laughs> Yeah, that was my sound of, I'm connecting, I'm relating. And what was coming up for me was when we enter that deep psychic energy, right? There's this sense of connecting with something that, is it outside of us or is it inside of us? Or is it just like omnipresent, right? Because when we access that state, when we get into that, it's like, we we open the door, we enter this portal where it's like, oh, it's not just me, like, again, there's that component of collaboration, like, there's something else that we're almost, like, in this, in this dance with, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think with that, too, and you're, like, opening that portal, um, I think I'm just gonna keep using the collage analogy, because, not to like discredit anyone that's a collage artist that's not what i'm trying to do what i'm saying is something that is so simple like just putting some photos together and then making it have a new meaning for you you can do little steps like that because i think a lot of us get overwhelmed of this idea of like oh we have to be so original and come up with something that no one's ever thought of and i don't think that's what it's about and that's why i'm really connecting with that collaboration idea because It only takes a little tweak to create a new message that reaches a new person to create another new message and then so on and so on. And I think that's the beauty of why everyone's so attracted to podcasts and all these like quotes and everything. Cause once someone says one thing, then it kind of triggers a new idea. And I mean, even us, when we're talking and collaborating and things, I mean, I think you feel the same way, but you like, I'll go out and I'll be like, oh like when she said this it made me think of this and now I'm like finding all these points of no I don't think what my thought is original but it's connecting things that wouldn't have been connected otherwise mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah most certainly when I uh, when I make my collage art it feels like it just feels calming honestly
0: (laughs) and if that's the case that's totally fine too like you don't have to make something that changes the world
1: (laughs) oh yeah most certainly and I think that's really important to point out Uh, what it also does for me is it connects me to myself and it feels it just feels really expressive and soothing and it feels like I get to be whoever I want to be, especially because in the recent photos I've been making, I've been using it specifically to develop content for my platform. So I'm centering myself in it. And there's something very vulnerable about that for me, because again, it's like, who am I to like show up so much to show up so big, right? And. When I go to like make the collage, something that feels really good and aligned with me is that it kind of takes the focus away from, oh, here I am. Here's Jamie as a person. And it becomes about like the image and it becomes about the collaboration and it becomes about, like you said, the intention behind the process of creating that image. And so when I go and I post that on my platform, it feels more like, I'm taking the center away from myself and making it more about the process and creating a space where people can relate to that process of collaboration and people can experience that in a way that might be more meaningful for them. But for me, because, I mean, it is like, for me, again, like we were talking about self-worth, right? and that being one of my open centers, that is a space where I I sell from. And that is a place where I can really like be attractive to people. And even though I'm taking the attention away from here I am showing up for me, it's about the process. And because it takes me sometimes a few hours to make those images. But for me in that process, when I am just like, channeling my creativity and I'm expressing myself. It's in that process where I'm like, I feel so worthy of getting to create this and then getting to share this with people. So it's less about putting it out there and seeing how the world responds, because even though it's for the world, it's for people in the community. It's also for me and the fact that it's about me getting to have that process and me getting to tune into that and me connecting with my inner child is what I feel when I make those. I loved what you were saying when you were talking about this meadow with the tall grass. And I had that, I had that response afterwards where I was like, mm. <laughs> because I was actually, I was working on an image before we got on this call and I was literally channeling the same space. And I have, that's where we meet. (laughs) I think so, because I have a very deep and intimate connection with meadows with tall grasses. And it goes back to this beautiful story that my grandmother told me. And I was thinking about it and reflecting on it when I was creating this image, like I was there. And, um, I love this story. I have this like very deep spiritual, so soul filled connection with one of my grandmothers and she passed last year. And so it's kind of been more of something I've been exploring on a more spiritual level because she's not here in the physical. And she used to tell me this story about when she was a little girl, I don't know, I'm probably like five or six. And I don't remember where her and her family lived, but they lived on this kind of, this really small, like modest home, And they had just, like, acres of meadow that surrounded it. Um, They weren't, like, in the suburbs or anything. And she used to go out into this meadow, and she would just sit there. And there were always wildflowers, and she would just be out there for hours, just, like, watching the dragonflies and the butterflies flying by and feeling, she would tell me about feeling the warm sun on her skin. And sometimes she would just wander around and daydream and pick flowers. And she remembered that this one day she picked like this whole bouquet of flowers and just like such an intimate process of connecting with the space and like being there and just like being a fully embodied child, right? And she went back home that evening and she presented the bouquet of flowers to her mom. And she said, mom, I picked these flowers for you. And her mom said to her, oh, like Teddy, thank you so much, but these are for you. And she was like, what do you mean? Um, And her mom said, those flowers are for you. God planted those flowers so you could experience them. Like those flowers, Our God, (laughs) essentially. (laughs) And she told me this story as this like old woman remembering this child version of herself. And she explains that as the moment she met God. And that story's just had such a profound impact on me. And so whenever I go into a creation process and I connect with my inner child and I channel that meadow, I just, I feel this like deep universal spiritual connection to like this higher power. And I really do believe that the creative energy inside of us like is God, is spirit, is universe, is whatever you want to call it, you know? And collaborating with that energy, picking a bouquet of flowers and experiencing the beauty of it, being in that process, being at peace, is that sanctuary you know, and so that's sacred.
0: Mm. <laughs> I have a very similar reaction to you. I feel very mellow today <laughs> because of what we're talking about. It feels very peaceful. Um, your grandmother is a very awesome woman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, I love that story. It, the whole, when you were talking about it, it really hit me where the meadow comes from within me, um, because, I mean, yours your word is play, my word is pleasure, and I feel like they kind of live in the same realm. (laughs) So, I remember when I was a kid, I was like playing softball or something, or my sister was playing, so I was like just walking around the um, baseball fields and everything just like having the best time because I really loved looking at all those like little dandelions everywhere <laughs> and I found yeah well how many did I f- I found five four-leaf clovers <laughs> just in like one hour of just hanging out there and I was so like excited because I mean when you're a kid and you hear four-leaf clover like you think it's impossible to find <laughs> I was expecting like um a rainbow and pot of gold or something come out of it I don't know and I remember I was so happy that I gave every single person that I loved the four-leaf clover and then I like didn't have any for myself and then I remember someone asking me they're like why didn't you keep one I was like I already have all the luck in the world <laughs> and I feel like that was a similar feeling of this like that pureness of like I really don't Need anything. And so I want it was for me, but I wanted to like spread that as much as possible. So I didn't keep the four leaf clovers, but I feel like me and your grandma have a similar mindset. <laughs> Are you saying
1: you're my grandma? I'm not, I'm not <laughs> not saying. <laughs> we, no, we've just like gone through this before. <laughs> Maybe you're my boyfriend in another life. I mean, <laughs> No, okay. I I actually have something serious to say though. (laughs) Um, That's amazing. Uh, Just this feeling of the pleasure and the play is for us too. And maybe it's for us in the process of Mm. discovering and embodying that pleasure and that play. And when we are able to kind of deliver that or gift that into the world, it gets to be for other people, right? Because we have already filled ourselves up and became so resourced in authentically experiencing that pleasure or that play or whatever it might be for you um, in the process of getting there, right? So these images, these creations, these pieces of art, these four leaf clovers are just a product of us getting to experience our fullness and wholeness.
0: I love that <laughs> it really is and yeah i i definitely loved what you were saying about the collage as a kind of creative process and being able to post that for others to enjoy but it's also your for yourself and i think a lot of times especially with like the push of marketing and advertising, we're kind of constantly told that we have to serve everyone else. And I think that video I sent you from Jazz, um, the moon mother, she spoke a lot on that of this, like, it should be for yourself first. Everyone else who gets to enjoy it is a gift for them. So if it's a gift for you already, it doesn't matter what anyone else says about it. And, that can sound kind of selfish and stuff, but like in its essence, that's what it is. Like you are creating not a brand. You're not creating a service. You're creating an essence of this is a feeling. And this is my container for developing that feeling that if you decide you want it, it's there for you. And I think that's why Instagram is so like yummy (laughs) for me is because I have this page that I get to create, and I just went through and just kind of like got rid of almost all of my posts because I'm like, I don't want this energy anymore. I wanna create a whole new energy. And whoever goes to that page gets to feel the same way I felt creating it and what I was thinking. So I think we have a very similar mindset right now of what we're kind of doing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I think taking the shame or shadow away from curation is what's coming up for me and seeing like Curation is just another expression of getting to be creative and getting to be a shapeshifter and getting to transform and giving licensing, giving permission to other people to do the same, right? Because we are always shifting and changing. And I, I love that talk that you sent me from Jess. I watched, but I listened to the whole thing while I was making dinner. It was very nice. <laughs> and yeah, I just believe if we can experience the fullness of who we are, if, if we can allow that to be so concentrated and just like, like you said, so yummy and so juicy for us, then everyone else who gets to experience it, it's really just like, they get to draft off our waves, you know? And I think that's something that we get to, we get to do. It doesn't have to be like selfish, right? It's, If we are truly experiencing our gifts, then we get to radiate that. We get to amplify that. And that's how we show up stronger, more expressive, more powerful so that more people can draft off of our waves. And when other people get to draft off our waves, it gives them the licensing, the permission to do that for themselves. We don't want other people to be like us. But if we can inspire and provoke something in them based off of the radiance, the fullness that we share, then fuck yeah, right? (laughs) Our life is art.
0: (laughs) Life is art. I also really like this idea of, um, I can understand why it feels so difficult to show up in that way because we're constantly told that like our identity or, our enoughness is outside of ourself and we have to buy or be served by or heal or whatever word you want to use. There's something that we have to obtain in order to feel that enoughness instead of creating that inside yourself first and kind of pushing that feeling out for everyone else. And being able to show up in joy and pleasure and play like that is something that is very radical I've noticed (laughs) because of that societal idea that like no you don't get that until you achieve something until you have an identity and I would argue that we should just kind of let go of the idea of identity completely I don't even want to use that word (laughs) I've kind of just released that and it's more of like okay every day I'm like what essence do I want to carry today yeah. what frequency or vibration or whatever you want to call it it's like every day is a test of like okay but how do I want to show up and what energy do I want to put out it yeah. doesn't matter what my identity is or like this idea of achievement it's no brand is going to tell you who you are <laughs> and you're not supposed to know and I think that's why like my two big words lately are evolution and essence. Like, essence. just focus on those two things and you're good.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm receiving the sense that identity is for everything, everyone, except for us. So identity is for other people, generally. It, it's there to make people feel comfortable and safe, maybe. Um, I've really been and maybe this relates to how you're feeling. I've been really into archetypes these past few months and maybe seeing that as a replacement for identity. I see like archetypes as different forms or channels of energy. I feel drawn to tune into at any moment. And generally there's like a big three or four on any given day, week, or even month that I'm like, I've really been like in that archetype vibe. And it's fun because it's like a character that we get to be and express through, but it's also so fluid. It's not like, I am that archetype. It's like, that's an archetype and I'm channeling it. And um, okay, I just, I kind of want to skip around here because you mentioned essence and what was the other word? Evolution. Evolution, can you talk about that? I'm curious to hear more about what that is for you and what that, how that's been showing up
0: yeah um hmm. starting with essence for a really long time i'm like i said like information is power for me (laughs) so i constantly go down rabbit holes and try to find like these little connections and i've always been someone that is very much different depending on my environments so an environment i don't mean like specific place i mean anything from like just hot, cold, people that I'm around, like anything changed. Even if I'm in different clothing, I consider clothing an environment (laughs) that you're kind of creating for yourself. Um, And I kept trying to find like, okay, people keep telling me I'm all these things. Like I would constantly get told like, oh, you're an artist, you're this, like that's what you have to do. Oh, you're really good at math. You should have gone to school for math. You should have like done X, Y, Z, been an architect, been, I don't know, a scientist. Like I had so many, like I laid it all out once of everything I've been told that I am. (laughs) And I realized I'm like, I don't want any of it. Like I didn't ask for any of it. (laughs) And I noticed that people will come to me and start saying like, oh, you're so good at this, teach me this, fix this problem. And one of the main things, kind of my breaking point was I had so many people um, coming to me with their relationship problems. And that was my fault (laughs) because I was always told as a kid that I was really a good listener about those things. And people would come to me and be like, oh, you know what you're talking about. And then I would be honest and tell them what I thought. And then they would kind of flip the switch on me and blame me for that. And I started realizing like, that people, one of the identities that I was given was like, I'm the like single friend and the wise friend. And I was like, I don't relate to that. I don't want that. <laughs> and even sitting with this identity of artist, I think I've mentioned that to you one day where I was like, I don't feel like an artist and that's okay. I don't, I make art and that's a tool, but what I am, what I feel like I am is a storyteller. Do I consider that an identity? No, I think it's something that I'm just, that's a gift of mine. So then I started identifying like, okay, well, all these stories come in for me. So what is that energy that I'm putting out? And then that's how i kind of got into this okay what is my essence and i found all those old photos of me and i was like oh that's who i am (laughs) but it's also who i'm not like i'm not going to stay the same but there is always like this little piece that i can channel and step into to feel like grounded if i need to and that kind of goes into this like evolution because i think they go hand in hand instead of a fixed identity of, most of us have an identity based on the work we do, um, or our sexuality, or our gender, or like where we live. Like, are you a city person, not a city person? I People ask me, okay, what's your favorite color? I don't know. <laughs> I've never been able to be one where I'm like, this is who I am. This is what like I identify with. Um, Because like some days when you sent me the collage you made of me, I feel like you were tapping into this like essence of whatever I was putting out in that moment. But I was, I think it was kind of like this trigger when you sent me the photo, the collage, because I was like, oh, that's an essence I'm putting out. That's what I want to feel. Um, So how do I cultivate more of that? And then with the evolution aspect, that is you never have to stay the same. And having these identities, I think, is a real misstep for us because they didn't exist before. Like, sexuality wasn't a thing. Um, If you feel like you want to identify, to feel grounded, fully relate to that. But there is no, like, fixed I am this. And if I tell people, like, my sexuality and stuff, then it turns into, like, well you're just going through a phase where like that's not who you are blah 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 and I'm like it doesn't have to be who I am (laughs) like it doesn't it really doesn't matter and you if you if you came to me and you were like yeah I'm fully straight like that's my identity I'd be like okay and then like two months later you tell me that you're bisexual I'd be like okay you don't have to stay the same (laughs) is what my point of evolution is
1: totally yeah and i can i'm following that idea you had about how essence and evolution is connected how do you tune into your essence how do you discover discover how do you discover that because you mentioned it is this thing that's changing it's like okay i look at those photos and it's like oh that's me but also maybe it's not but i have this piece that i could tap into at any point how do you find that that piece what is that essence how do you How do you discover that? And maybe the way you do it looks different to other people, but what, what is that like for you?
0: Mm. Um, One of the things that has really helped me is I haven't written it down yet, but I've started to kind of identify, I use identity, (laughs) pinpoint like an emotion that I feel and then how it, the pattern that it shows up in my body. Like, for me, rage is like this heat and rage kind of shows me where I'm causing friction. And I've been like, okay, that's the essence of rage for me. And identifying this emotional scale that like everyone should take part in instead of limiting their emotions and fully like being like, okay, well, how does the emotional scale show up in my body, in my existence? And then from there I started kind of realizing like, okay, so if these emotions help me do this, what emotion can I tap into today? And I kind of check in with myself, okay, what do I feel today? And then based on that, I start creating, okay. Like if I feel a lot of rage today, I'm not going to go and like make a video about being happy. (laughs) And it's more based on like this emotional response of essence. Um, and showing up as you are, kind of thing, or in the present of whatever that emotion is. I, I was taught, I was writing the other day about like feeling like I was desolate almost, like I felt like vacant and nothingness almost. And the old me would have been very much panicking that I had to like latch onto something to like get me out of that. And then when I was writing about it, I was like, yes, it's melancholy, but it's also not anything I have to attach myself to. And I think that kind of helped me move through this idea of essence more.
1: That to me, that feels profound. It's even though you were feeling a sense of melancholy or detachment, it's like, but I'm still here. There's still wholeness for me. I am still able to access the wholeness of who I am and recognizing the spectrum of everything that exists inside of that wholeness. Even if one of those emotions feels dominant in the moment, it's like, oh, maybe I don't have to abandon this. Maybe maybe actually if I don't abandon this emotion or try to escape it in some way, maybe that's actually how I self-honor. And maybe that's how I stop the cycle of self-abandonment. That term was just coming up for me. I don't know if that feels relevant to you. I think maybe that's how I relate to what you're saying. Yeah, and just seeing that even when we experience those sometimes consuming feeling emotions, it's that, well, there's still wholeness here. There's still wholeness for me, and that is not something that an emotion can ever take away from me. You know, the emotion adds, it is a dynamic layer of that wholeness. And getting to experience sometimes uncomfortable emotions it's just a part of the process, baby, is the thing that I want to say now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I felt good. I, I definitely agree. And I think if you don't if you're afraid if you're overwhelmed of emotions, like the idea of emotion and releasing emotion frightens you. Another thing that helped me a lot was like just focusing on words in general. Um, like I think words we don't use as a tool enough to gain insights. And what I mean by that, like, I remember, I don't know what, like a few months ago, we were on a call and you like said the word safety to me and I just started like, instantly crying. I was like, oh, okay, this is something. <laughs> and then I started writing all these lists about, okay, well, what does that word mean for me? Like, I don't give a shit about a definition. And I think as a metaphor, we're so tied to ourselves in this dictionary instead of just being like okay well what does this mean for me so like what does your essence mean for you rather than looking that up in the dictionary of like oh there's Deanna Enfeld what what's my definition there isn't one so for safety I wrote all these things of like okay what feels like safety to me and then once I started tapping into those okay I can do this to feel safe I can do this and then pleasure what does that feel like for me writing all those down so using words that just like trigger something inside you and then writing down like okay what are the actions that will help me embody those words and this essence instead of a category for myself
1: what you're saying feels like again moving away from identity because you are the one who is creating what that means to you as opposed to living in correlation with what society has projected any of those things to mean for you. I actually love looking up words in the dictionary because (laughs) I think I have a similar process or I relate to words and language in a similar way that you do maybe, but I'd, I'd actually like to say that maybe my process looks a little different. When a word stands out to me or I'm noticing something that's been like a theme for me, it keeps coming up. I actually really love looking it up in the dictionary and being like, that's how the dictionary defines this word. That's what this is supposed to mean for me. (laughs) And being able to see that and compare and contrast and actually look at my experiences. Again, here's me learning from my experiences. And it feels like a radical act in itself to see what that word is supposed to mean. And then being able to be like, actually, maybe it means this for me. And being able to see that, wow, like I don't align with what that's supposed to mean or how that's supposed to feel in my body or how that's supposed to dictate my actions in the world. And I can still use this word, but it feels like a reclamation of language and it feels really empowering to get to use language in a way that is so unique and expressive. It all ties back to like self-expression to me because it's like, I can reclaim that language and how am I using that? And like you said, how am I embodying that so that when I express those things, it feels just so radiant. And it feels so authentic to what it is, the messaging that I'm actually wanting to project and amplify into the world, as opposed to taking and synthesizing words based on what they are constructed to mean or be outside of me externally.
0: Hmm. I think you're really tapping into kind of the whole premise of a (laughs) toolbook for people, Um, like a toolbox of astrology, human design, Enneagram, um, Myers-Briggs, like all of these things that we, there's systems that help us identify things in ourself that we want to attach to. But the trick is to not use it as your sole identity. And I think like, like take astrology, for example, like you are a Scorpio sun and I'm a Scorpio rising, but I relate very differently to what Scorpio is compared to what you relate to. And I think when I first started and I had lower self-worth and all of these things, I was so attached to like, okay, well, this is what it means. This is what it says in the book right here. So I have to be this thing, I have to do this. And then now I'm learning like, okay, I enjoy human design and learning about astrology and stuff, but I know as well that I never have to keep that definition of what is given to me. And I think a way to kind of break that down and break that like attachment from those things and identifiers is to start kind of creating your own dictionary starting with words that like you and I both feel like so yummy doing. Yeah, and when you were talking about it, another thing that was coming up for me was this. um, One of the things when you're starting to interpret dreams and you're learning how to kind of help others interpret dreams, you always have to start with yourself first. And one of the things you do is you'll have a dream and you have this little journal next to your bed and you'll just write down like the things you see, not necessarily the stories, but the like I saw there was an eagle. There was this color, anything that comes up for you. And then the emotion attached to like that dream. What did you feel in that dream? Because even if you can't remember the whole dream, your mood starts out the day based on your dreams a lot of the times. I am very good at remembering my dreams, and I've had a lot of them where when I need an emotional release and I'm dreaming about something, I'll wake up like in tears and I just feel so like, oh, it's over. Like it's out of my system. So I think like one of, long story short, my takeaway for this is like, maybe start creating your own dictionary or your own rule book of like, okay, how do I tap into my essence and write down like these words that keep coming up for you. One of the big things for me is um, I'll just start singing songs randomly all the time. <laughs> And I have no idea where, why they pop in my head. They can be songs from like years and years ago. I haven't heard them. And then all of a sudden it comes into my mind. And then I start realizing like, oh, there's a phrase in this song that resonates really well with me right now in whatever I feel. And then I'll look up the lyrics and I'm like, oh, (laughs) this is what it means for me. And then I write them down and start and I just keep singing it until it like moves through my body and you do that really well with like dance and things like this movement this flow um so identifying that flow and how things show up for yourself is kind of how to start lessening this identity and moving more into like this essence I would say Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah it's fluid and maybe maybe it's a feeling we return to right how do you actually really color and illustrate a feeling it's always different but maybe our essence is the way we relate to ourselves and that looks different maybe it even feels different on any given day but when we relate to ourselves that, that to me is a sense of coming home and coming back and it feels like it feels like something to return to
0: I mean, I like right sitting here. <laughs> I literally have the card you sent me of like an alpaca that's smiling, looking a rainbow. And I was like, that feels like me. I don't, I can't describe it, but it feels <laughs> like me. And I really I think- felt you when I saw that. Card. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's the little pieces that we can hold on to. Like, sure. you don't have to give them a name, you don't have to like have them be in this like identity that you're going by unless you feel called to do that but these little pieces of like okay this is my essence all I can visualize right now is like creating like a mood board <laughs> for yourself
1: <laughs> it's like all these smaller components that come together that create so it already it's like this collage or it's this uh, culmination of all these other things and when they come together in this very special and unique way which again is always changing always looks different it creates this mood it's a vibe yo <laughs>
0: we're literally just vibes
1: <laughs> we dive in we out here okay uh real talk can I read to you that definition of essence is that okay
0: oh yeah
1: I looked it up <laughs> because I love that that's part of my process
0: <laughs> I love it do it
1: okay so it's a noun and it is well according to Webster it's a noun <laughs> The intrinsic nature or indispensable quality of something, especially something abstract that determines its character. How do we feel about that?
0: Can you repeat it?
1: The intrinsic nature or indispensable quality of something, especially something abstract that determines its character. (sighs)
0: Yes. (laughs) Did Webster do a good job? I think so. Like, indispensable quality sounds good. Indispensable. I can only look that up now. Because that feels good.
1: Indispensable.
0: That, to me, feels like what you were saying of, like, you can keep coming back to this.
1: Absolutely necessary. Is <laughs> Webster Dictionary of Indispensable. Absolute necessary, okay, is my essence.
0: <laughs> indispensable seems very sassy.
1: <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> You don't want to lose me. I am indispensable. Hashtag indispensable. All right, it's a now. <laughs> you're indispensable. <laughs> that
0: can be the 555 five, five energy we were saying. You are going to write a song for that. 555 <laughs> five, five, Panda, you're indispensable. <laughs> yeah, and I've had that panda on my... So I have a tiny panda on my lock screen on my phone, and I've had it since I've ever had an iPhone. So like, the whole existence of my iPhone. I think I had an iPhone four was my first one. I don't, I don't remember, but I've had that photo ever since because I'm like, huh. <laughs> it just feels so
1: good. So is that like the essence of your relationship with your iPhone, maybe? Yeah, or I think so. It? Something abstract your relationship with your iPhone, is that an abstract thing? Mm. I think that's abstract.
0: I think it's indispensable. (laughs) Indispensable, oh
1: my gosh, I'm gonna be singing that all day. I think that's like me tuning into my (laughs) essence. I have like, you know, you have the lock key on your phone. I don't know if that's what it's called. I have had the same lock key for so many years. And I think about it sometimes because When I first got the phone, I made the lock key my birthday. And so every time I go to type it in, I'm like, how many years ago was that? (laughs) i like, how much older am I getting? But it's so funny because I'm just like, I have absolutely no desire to change it. It feels like this like kind of cemented moment in time where it's like, when I was this age, I thought it would be a really good idea to make my lock key my birthday.
0: I relate to that. I think I did the same thing, to be honest. <laughs> I We're not the only ones. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know. At this point, I, I don't want it, the lock key, but I don't. I'm at the age now where I don't know how to get rid of it. <laughs> no, I just don't care enough. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that was a really juicy conversation. I don't know. Do you have anything else you wanted to add?
1: I kind of feel like the conversation's over. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. I think we gave takeaways. I think we really just like broke down humanity today. I think we did a great job. I think it was <laughs> fucking
1: fabulous. And we didn't even have a plan. We, you were just like, Jamie, what's up? And then, <laughs> and then I just, I don't know, something like word vomited and it brought us to where we wanted to go. And wow. you, you connected it right back to identity, which is something you wanted to talk about. And I feel like it all just, happened
0: we channeled ideas that might not have been original and we collaborated to create something new look at me (laughs) (laughs) so i think we did a great job um and thank you jamie for coming on and thank you for listening i will talk to you later
1: love you